This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. But a bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. You a pothead fucker? Glance on the telephones are ringing. Overload mode in the 21st century. Driving home with my hand on the cell phone. Pulling over, turning up and dialing to my fingers. Going nice and This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live at Five. Thank you, Katie. Ah, are we here? I think we're here. Yeah, there we are. Sorry about that, folks. I had to uh, get my act together here, if you know. It's a uh, Monday. What is it? I can't record this. Dip, 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 day. Uh, welcome to my Mind Nightmare. I can't go on Facebook for some reason. But we, uh, the show continues, so let's move this out of here. No idea why this isn't working. Uh, let's go live. How, how do we go live here? Oh, we're recording something here. That's that's really nice. Now that I bored you to tears at the outset of today's show, trying to figure out why I'm not on Facebook, although I am recording it. Uh, welcome to a Monday edition of the Live at Five show. I did not listen to the hotline show at all today. It was in meetings. Uh, and in the process, I, w- I got an email, actually a text from uh, Kostaki, the comedian, Often heard on the Bob and Tom show on 94 Rock. It's kind of like a a fixture of the show. Appears in the studio at Indianapolis where Bob and Tom is broadcast from on a, a, on a reg, I don't know, a semi-regular basis. But anyway, Kostaki is a stand-up comedian. And uh, he's the type of guy that gets pulled over for a speeding ticket and s- tells a couple of jokes to the to the p- patrolman on, you know, who stopped him and, you know, tells him a couple of jokes and you know, the, the patrolman might say, what, are you a comedian? Or, Actually, I am. And then he throws him in a, a second ticket for uh, no, no registration, whichever the deal. So it's because Stocky would be calling in. That was not funny, but nonetheless, I threw it out there. In about six or seven and a half minutes uh, to talk about why he's coming to Watertown this weekend. In fact, he's coming for two shows this Friday night uh, at uh, the Bad Apple Saloon. And I did notice a couple of things on Kostaki's uh, uh, Wikipedia, which is the first go-to place for a lot of radio people like myself. Uh, let me see. 515. 515 is better. I'm telling him right now. He's not calling in just yet. And I gave him the studio line. So 515, we'll talk to uh, Kostaki. Uh, born on uh, Christmas Day in uh, Florida. Grew up in Georgia. Went to uh, some Georgia high school, college, I should say. And that's where he uh, learned to be a comedian. And I would love to speak to him about, you know, his show, but, uh, you know, what he talks about, we don't want to unleash all the, all the you know, the, the one-liners and so forth. Uh, you want to save that for the performance. But here's the one thing about Kostaki. It's very important to note. Uh, and, he, 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 yes, he'll talk about politics. He'll talk about culture. But he's not that anti-Trump guy uh, that just sits up there like Stephen Colbert and badmouths, you know, the Republicans and whatnot. He'll give it to everybody. 
And uh, an intelligent pe- a person, rather, like a stocky, knows that, you know, just like Michael Jordan said, Republicans buy sneakers, too. If you're going to stay on one side, you're going to alienate another. Or if you're going to go on one side and stay on one side, someone's going to throw an ashtray at you when you're on the stage. And you might deserve it. Uh, and quite frankly, I don't know how comedy actually continues these days. So it's always good to know uh, that uh, when you see a comedian, he's not going to piss you off uh, by, t- by bad-mouthing uh, your, your political beliefs. He might do that, but he might do it to the other guy, too. Kind of like a Bill Maher, uh, even though Bill Maher is, a, is a, just a, 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 you know, a craving, <clears throat> I should say, uh, uh, leftist. Uh, he does have a lot of common sense when, when he sees something wrong. If he sees an old man making fun, you know, uh, just screwing up the country and falling off his bicycle or having conversations with his son where he said he didn't, a guy like Kostaki is going to be the type of guy that's going to mock that. You're not going to see that on Saturday Night Live. You're not going to see that on the Stephen Colbert show, but you will see it on a show like this uh, up-and-coming Friday night at uh, Bad Apple Saloon. Right there on uh, Arsenal Street, Kostaki's doing two shows. The first one starts at 7.30. next one around 9.35, 40, you know, somewhere before 10 o'clock, mind you. But considering it's a 10 o'clock, uh, check that, a Friday night show, indoor shows, it makes a lot of sense to go with your, with your uh, you know, it all depends on who you are. If you're uh, Henry Hill, it's a Friday night. You might be going with your girlfriend and then your wife the next day. Just kidding. Just being a jokester. Or indoor comedian. So there you have it. Kostaki calling in about four and a half minutes. Uh, so And someone's texting me right now. It might be him because I know we've had issues with the phone. Let's see if he's having it. Calling from a friend's phone. Okay, that's cool. Uh, just uh, give me the area code. Area code. I also told him when he, uh, when he calls, he goes straight to, uh, straight to the studio. A lot of people don't typically do that. In other words, when you call the uh, Sean Hannity show, you're not talking. You're not going straight through, which is why you know from time to time we'll have uh, a compelling conversation on the Hotline show, and Jeff will go on and discover you know the true meaning of, of life, or you know the second coming of Jesus Christ, or someone's got the you know the answer to cancer and other terminal illnesses. But you know uh, Jeff will look over at the phone. Oh wait a minute, I got another call coming in. Uh, so, uh, I got to get another call. Oh, okay, but I was going to tell you that uh, I got to go. Hi, uh, hotline. Hi, this is Samantha. Uh, and then everything is like, oh, geez, we were just going to discover something really important. But Jeff went to another phone call. That's why you need a producer to say, hey, we ain't got call. We have callers coming in, but stick with the conversation that we have right now because you don't want to go there. Let's find out more about solving cancer. Uh, so, I, hopefully, you had a good weekend, by the way, folks, because I tell you what, Sharon and I did, no doubt. A uh, beautiful weekend, probably the best weather. Today is is certainly no different than it's been in the last 48 hours, and the weather continues. The so one thing, before Kostaki calls in a couple of minutes, just bear in mind, and I don't know if they're talking about this locally. You'll fi- you know, again, we'll find out about the the, Wiz- the Rapids game, uh, what what uh, Red and Black did, and that's all fair. And that, that's good. That's good stuff. But what's most important is that the fishing tournaments are getting bigger and better. We're, uh, Sharon and I were at Point Peninsula, and we saw a bunch of bass fishermen with like $100,000 boats, uh, all, all marked up and so forth. They're getting ready for the Elite Bassmasters, which is coming up <coughs> the, this, uh, this weekend. It's kind of like golf. You have four rounds. If you don't make it after the first two rounds, rather, if you make it through the first two rounds with enough fish and all this other stuff, everything is legal. You get back to Clayton, blah, blah, blah. Then you play on Saturday and Sunday. $100,000 goes to the winner. Last year, a Japanese fellow came in here. He loves the place. He's got an American flag on his jacket. He's got it all over the place. Probably more of an American than most people in America are these days. So the Elite Bassmasters Tournament uh, right here in uh, northern New York on the St. Lawrence River. It comes right out of uh, Clayton. Can't wait. 
right, let's go to the phone. Hopefully I'm right on that. might be Waddington. Hi, you're on the air. Oh, and it's just as I said that, uh, for the first time in a long time, we got the, uh, the hang-up guy. Here it was. I thought maybe uh, it was Kostaki himself. We haven't had the, uh, the, uh, the hang-up guy on in quite some time. So it must be a day of nostalgia. And when that happens, I just want to make sure everything's fine. Hi, you're in the air. Hi, it's Kostaki. Kostaki, how you doing, my friend? Glenn Curry I'm here. Good. How are you? Good, 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 good. Uh, I was just uh, telling everyone that Kostaki, he talks about both political sides of the political coin. And, uh, geez, I hope I'm right on that, Kostaki. Am I right on that when you do your comedy act this weekend uh, on Friday night at the uh, Bad Apple Saloon? I'll be even-handed, but it might be because I don't mention it at all. Uh, uh, there you go. And I knew that because – but you do talk about culture. Uh, you talk about a lot of things on the Bob and Tom show. You're not going to alien – in other words, what I'm saying is that you're very funny. You're very, very intelligent. And at the same time, so many things that I've seen today on late night TV with Steve Colbert and a lot of things I see online, uh, it just turns people off as far as their political yeah. allegiance. And that's why I wanted to make it very, very clear, like uh, Leon 2.0 on uh, Fox News. I want to be very clear that uh, th- that's not the case when they come to your show, your shows rather, this Friday night at the Bad Apple Saloon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm mostly talking about things that are going on with me, my crazy personal life and my wife and my kids and you know we'll do some football jokes and we'll do you know i got a big chunk of stuff about allergies i'm doing a whole new hour that i didn't do before the pandemic so if you see me before come on out it's all fresh it's all good so it's it's fresh stuff and i believe if i'm not mistaken i was talking to oz and 94 rock the other day i believe the last time you were here was eight years ago in 2014 you might not remember that but uh it's been a long time so obviously your act has been yeah yeah been a long time since we saw Kostaki up here in Watertown. Yeah, that has been a while. I love that part of the world. I mean, I used to get up there a little more often when I lived in New York, and now I live in L.A., so it's a big hike and, you know, making kind of a special trip to this side of the country. I'm with some buddies right now in Virginia, and we're running around doing some fun stuff, and uh, one of them is my chauffeur. He's driving me up. We're going to... Uh, I'm going to drive up and do Watertown and Messina. I'm excited. So what is this like? Are you on the set of the Green Book or something? Where you have your own driver or something? No, just kidding. Uh, no, it's crazy. Yeah. It's a buddy of mine. We had, this, we had this guy's trip planned, and I kind of talked him into like tagging along to some of the work stuff, too. So he was like, yeah, let's do it. That's awesome. So, again, you both, by the way, you're born on uh, Christmas Day. Uh, so I was born. Yeah, that's right. On, yeah, I was born five days before Christmas. I'm a little older than you, but uh, everyone always asks me, uh, did you like having your birthday so close to Christmas? And I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I loved it because it was just another reason to look forward to Christmas. But you were born on Christmas, and I know at least two other people that were born on Christmas. Tell me, how was that like to have your birthday on Christmas? Yeah, that's a little crazy. I mean, you know, I, my grandmother was really cool about it. We would go down to see her for Christmas, and when we got there, you know, whatever, December 22nd, 21st, 23rd, the tablecloth was Christmas, and it was Christmas celebration up until lunchtime. After lunch on Christmas Day, she would flip it. It was reversible, and the other side was birthday. And she would turn it over, and then it wasn't Christmas anymore. It was Kostaki's birthday. Mm-hmm. So after dinner, I would get some gifts that were specifically for birthday. And, you know, they were really sweet about trying to protect a little bit of a kid's birthday, you know, in the midst of all the other stuff that's going on. It was cool. That was so nice. And uh, was, your, was your grandmother from... I'm going to take a big uh, guess here, and I should know this. Uh, you were of Greek persuasion with a name like that. Is that correct, Kostaki? Yeah, that's right. But I'm exactly half and half. So this is my American grandmother, Betty Potter, 
and my uh, my other grandmother was had a completely <laughs> different life and existence and uh, yeah she she I should, we called her Yaya I'm trying to remember her first name now really she was Artemis Economopolis wow very different than Betty Potter yeah and of course that's your last name how long did it take you. To spell your last name, what age were you at before you were able to do that, Kostaki? You know what? Here's a true story. When I, I public school, uh, first grade, they taped our names on our desks and taught us how to spell them. Yeah. And I went home and wrote it out for my parents. So I was so excited. Yeah. And they had taught me wrong. <laughs> how'd, they ta- how'd they teach you wrong? They put the U. It was the classic mistake. The U is in the wrong place at the end. Oh, uh, interesting. So I had to go back and get it. And this is also true. Uh, 40 years later, I go into first day of first grade with my first kid, yeah. and her name is, on the first day of first grade, her name is spelled wrong, taped to her desk. Isn't that something? It was like, <laughs> de- it was like deja vu. <laughs> you, uh, so let me, okay, so uh, uh, if, if, did you ever play sports, or did you ever have to put your name in the back of your jersey or something? Did they have enough room? How many letters are in your last oh, name? I never got it. I'm jealous. My brother had a letter jacket with Economopolis and cursive on his back. Yeah. My nephew has always had soccer jerseys with Economopolis, like a rainbow across yeah. the shoulders of a little kid's jersey. Right. I never had it. I never I never had a situation where it was like a legit thing that I needed. Did, did they need to like, you know, square it down? Did they call them Cosmos instead? Or did they change, you know, just for the sake of saving letters in the back of a jersey? <laughs> I mean, you never know. There's one of him where he's about eight years old, and it's like a giant rainbow where it kind of goes up and around and right. down again. <laughs> right, right. Or just like a circle, like you're in a biker group or something. <laughs> That's right. But, okay, so, <laughs> again, eight years since you've been here. Tell us, I mean, Bob and Tom's been playing in our market now for over 23 years, maybe 25, six years now. I can't remember. It was back in 1997. And in the beginning, right. it was a little bit to, a, a bit to swallow. It's like, oh, God, they're not local. They're from somewhere else. Of course, the world was changing. And uh, it wasn't the Howard Stern show. I was a big fan of the Howard Stern show. Just as a footnote, I am no longer a fan of Howard Stern because he went in that whole politically correct route. He's a pain in the na- my ass, in, in, in fact. Uh, not that he cares, but mind you. But I was a little skeptical <laughs> about the show. And it, it, I'm not saying it was like this Midwest, middle-of-the-road stuff because, you know, when I listen to Bob and Tom today, I'm actually surprised with some of the stuff that they get away with, which, by the way, I love. Uh, and most and a lot of people in our marketplace have loved for over 25 years now. Uh, but uh, tell us, yeah. how did you get involved with the show? You weren't there from the beginning, uh, Kostaki, were you? No, I wasn't. I was a comic traveling around doing my own thing, and we crossed paths. They used to have the comics in who work in the local club and right. kind of try them out, give them five or ten minutes at sort of the weird hours of the show and see how it goes. And then when you come back through, you sort of graduate up through the ranks. And I eventually was invited to go with them. In the old days, they used to do this trip to the Bahamas every year for the Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, they invited me to that. And just by chance, I happened to be working in their town the very next week. And I had done the show several times in like the prior few several months. Yeah. And I felt like I did all my jokes that I had ever, you know, that all of my, all of my good jokes, I already done them on the show. I didn't right. have no idea what to do. So when I went in, I, I used to write for the complete sheet, which was a prep service. Uh, people don't know, like, some radio stations get a service that tells them this is what's going on in country music news, sure. what's going on in politics, sure. these are some birthdays, mm-hmm. here's some phone starters, here's some jokes. So I used to write a bunch of jokes for that. So what I did was I collected like my favorite 20 from the last couple of years, and I just did them in a segment on the show called uh, Topical Sounding Jokes. These are jokes that sound like they're from this week, but aren't. Hmm. And uh, 
you know, whatever, uh, Pac-Man turned 35 years old today. That's a long time to be chased by little demons. Just ask Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right, which was, at the time, everyone knew that he was a lot of demons in his life. And so, right, right. Uh, yeah. So it was, it just, the stars aligned and it killed on the show, and mm-hmm. they got, like, a rim shot machine. And it would, if there was a go into an ad or there was some, like, break in the action, they would go, hey, you got any more of those topical-sounding jokes? And I would do a couple. Nice. And it just, like, clicked, and we really sang that morning. And so after the show, Tom Griswold pulled me aside and goes, you think you can do that every week? And I said, yes, I can. Uh, well, yeah, no, no doubt. No not. doubt. Hey, let me think about it. Yeah, uh, I just thought about it. <laughs> yes. But I wasn't going to say no to Tom, so right. they gave me some space and let me work out what the segment was going to become. And I did a bunch of weird stuff over the next few weeks mm-hmm. and finally landed on something called the Monologue, which every week was a different subject, and I would kind of write jokes about phobias or... Christmas traditions around the world, and one one week I did uh, Dante's Inferno. I was like, well, there's nine circles of hell. I could write nine jokes at least. Sure, right? sure. Uh, so it was just like this fun writing adventure, and after a few years, it sort of morphed into an all-NFL segment, and now it's topical NFL jokes. Isn't that something? Well, and so uh, let me ask you, uh, you're, you're obviously an NFL fan. Oh yeah, that's been one of my guilty pleasures forever. Fantasy football mostly. Yeah. With my with my, you know, nerd friends. It's yeah, fun. so but you're originally from Florida. You you kind of grew up, I believe, in Georgia. Uh to Bob and Tom is in Indianapolis. I'm going to say that you're probably uh you're Atlanta fan, Falcon fan? Yeah, my whole life Falcons fan. I liked I liked the Dolphins when I was a kid cuz sure. that's where my grandmother was right. and uh we would spend a lot of time in Pompano Beach in Fort Lauderdale down there. And Dan Marino, was that was his era. He was, like, my favorite player as a kid. Nice. Um, but, yeah, the Falcons were the team that was always on, and my buddies were wearing the jerseys, and I just kind of connected. And, you know, we'd watch the Pro Bowl, and I would count the Falcon helmets and, right. you know, all that stuff. I, I just let – my brother now is a season ticket holder, and, you know, we're always talking about the Falcons and what's going on. So it's just it kind of stuck. It's kind of been my entryway into the whole scene. It's, it's weird because they, they got a new dome. It's state-of-the-art. It's like three years old now, maybe older. But, you know, their dome, the, the, the Georgia dome wasn't that old, built in the 90s. And then the Atlanta Braves did the same thing. The Turner Field was built in the same time. And what's up with Atlanta? They don't like their stadiums after 25 years or so? That usually that's, that's still a right. that's, that's ridiculous. Right. Hey, they're always looking for, for a way to get more people in there. And they... That's, that Braves one, they put it in a much better part of town. That's been always the problem with Atlanta sports is they're in parts of town where, you, you know, when it gets dark, you're like, yikes, are yeah. we be okay here? Right, right. So well, I, I, think nice that, to, I think Mercedes-Benz Field is still in that same spot, though. Is it not? Or somewhere around there, or am I mistaken? No, no. The baseball, they moved to the whole other side of town. It's gotcha. on the north side now in the suburbs. And the, foot, and the football, you know, they made a much nicer building. And, of course, they've improved that area. Right. And now there's a little more tailgating. It's a little more life. Right. And it's sort of a, right. it's a little more of a thing to, like, go there and hang for the day and do the football game, you know. So it's cool. So, all right. So how long have you been with the Bob? And you mentioned you, how you started. What year was that? Because they've been on forever. When did you first start going on there regularly? Well, I, I, you know, it's probably been, like, maybe 17, 18 years ago that I wow. made a first appearance as, like, a, a middle act at the local club kind of peeking in for a few minutes and then i kind of graduated into a regular segment Mm -hmm. that's been about 13 years ago 14 i've been i've had a segment more weeks than not for about 14 years that's awesome 
That's crazy. And, and, yeah, and again, great. I mean, they just don't pick anyone up out of the street. They got a lot of comedians there over the years. I think even John, uh, what was it? Um, what was his name? Mule Deer? Was, has he been on? The, I'm sure I'm, everyone and anyone, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if. Look uh, at that reference. Yeah, That's a good one. That's yeah, going way back. Oh, yeah. Oh, I used to love, you know, again, when, when Letterman was Letterman at 1.30 in the morning, uh, 12.30 in the morning, he had guys like Gary Mule Deer. Uh, uh, right. You know, uh, right. Jeff Altman, by the way, from Syracuse. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, also from Syracuse. So, you know, again, it was it was a big thing. Com- comedy was huge in the 70s and 80s. Uh, and then the 90s has started to disappear. And again, quite frankly, in the last 10, 20 years, certainly in the last 5, 10 years, it's been a joke, pardon the pun, because it's, it's, it's like people standing there waiting to be heckled by a Trump fan, and therefore that becomes the, the routine. And not everyone does that, but I've actually seen guys that just basically stand up there waiting to have an argument with someone about politics, and everyone joins in, and, and, and it's like, that's not comedy, in my opinion. Is it, I, I doubt you feel the same. I, I'm sure you feel the same way, Kostaki. Well, it's tricky. I mean, there are lots of different ways to be a great comic, and of course, there are great political comics, but it's a tricky road to, help, you know, I mean, if you... You could go Jane Leno-ish, but right, then you're right, you kind right. of play both sides. But then you're not saying anything about anything. It's just a vanilla right. fest of kind of like very light teasing. Or you could go hardcore and really put some guts into it. But then half of the people hate you before you even get going. It's true. And, you know, and, not yeah. to mention that yeah. with politics, the, the jokes feel old really fast. So yeah, they you do. have to be constantly churning them through. It's hard to keep them fresh and good at the same time. So it's always been a a tricky minefield to do political jokes. In the old days, they used to do a lot of them. Yeah. And because that was my passion at the time, and I sort of grew up and got a little jaded about it and sure. got less interested in that. Interesting. And I got more interested in talking about me and my life and right. what's what's vulnerable about me and weird about me and what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it also got so partisan that it's hard to even mention it in the last few years. So right, right, right. I, for the most part, I've just stayed away from it lately. I just have other things I'd rather talk about. So. How do you convey that, though? I mean, other than you know, people listening to the show right now is, okay, good, I'll watch him because I don't want to be insulted by someone that's going to put down my ex-president or my Republican values. Because people assume, there's that bad word, Kostaki, that as soon as they yeah. see someone up there on stage you know, being a so-called comedian, they assume automatically that they're part of the Saturday Night Live culture, Therefore, they're not going to spend fifteen, twenty dollars to see you. How do you get that across, other than this conversation and what people hear every week on the Bob and Tom Show? Yeah, well, I think I, you know it's the full range of things. And Bob and Tom have always been sort of expressly apolitical. They don't like political jokes, and I would occasionally do one here and there, right. and they would kind of turn up their nose at it and give me a hard time about even doing the joke. So. You know, you get the message. Like, it's not really welcome here, and I get that. And I've kind of grown out of it. Like, I don't I mean, they sometimes, you know, refer to me uh, as a partisan. And I'm like, I haven't done a political joke on this show in five or six years. Interesting. You know, so it's just not my taste anymore. It's not what I'm, it's not what I'm most interested in. Right. So, And we're getting so much politics from Facebook yeah. and right. Late night shows, like you say, right, and right. you know the other social media platforms, and so I just think it's it's even trickier than it used to be, and I care even less about it. So for me personally, it's easy to kind of go a different direction. You're so successful, but let me ask you: because of that way that your approach, which by the way I totally respect and appreciate, does that does that uh, you know take you away from the equation of being on this other Steve Colbert show because you don't go in that direction? Does it actually hurt you uh, for national exposure? Not that I know of. I mean, it's hard to measure these sort of things because they're ultimately 
those decisions are made by one or two people, right? And mm, so right. it's hard to say what might be in their hearts and what they might really prefer, but broadly being apolitical is welcome everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're Brian Regan, you're not talking about politics. No, you're not. I'm glad you brought his name up. He does, and he, yeah. Just, yeah. he just nails that. Same thing with, you know, most, most comics... It's it's a tricky subject, and so they kind of stay away from it, you know? Yeah, but the young, like the ones I see, I never heard of a lot of these comedians on Facebook. It seems like that's where the young X generation is going. Uh, If it's something that you can make fun of Republicans and or Donald Trump, that's that's what what they do. But that's not what the Kostaki show is all about. You talk about Yeah, there's some of that out there, and there's some the other way. You know, in the old days, Tim Wilson's act was very sort of cultural and political and very much from a right point of view mm-hmm. and certainly true of Drew Hastings is sort of, you know, hmm. I would I would call him a libertarian who's sort of right-leaning and right. very opinionated and mm-hmm. compelling and funny and interesting. It's, it's not particularly my favorite cup of tea, but Mm-hmm. Those guys were so good at it that you just kind of go, all right, I'm, I'm, I'll, let's go. Let's yeah. hear what you got to say. And I say, mean, I, yeah. even George Carlin. I was just going to say George Carlin. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, George, what are you, what are you talking, what are you saying? But I couldn't wait to hear what he was going to say next. Right. So for me, it's always been fine either way. Yeah, and, and if George Carlin was the first guy to remind us that people purposely go past the first two, three uh, slices of bread, including the heel, to grab that fifth <laughs> or sixth. And when I heard that in the, on his first HBO special back in, like, 1975, whatever, when I was in Queens, I, I said, boy, that's so true. And that's what a comedian's supposed to do. He's supposed to point out stuff that you do every day, and then when he talks about it, you relate to it and you, and you laugh. No one uh, grabbed the first couple of slices of a loaf of bread. That's exactly what we do. We do it right now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, he, George kind of had, like, three different categories of, of comedy. He loved those little, like, to use the expression, slice of life kind of thing. Right, right. He loved that observational, what the kinds of things that bind us, all these little things. Mm-hmm. And he loved wordplay stuff. Yes. And, of course, he loved he loved some of the big social commentary stuff, too. And yeah. he would kind of mix and match and find his pick of spots. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I always loved it. You know, yeah, I didn't always agree with him, but I always liked. I couldn't wait to hear what he was going to say. Right, right, and he, and he was very good. Not to mention a very good actor in the uh, Keanu uh, Reeves movies, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I thought he did exceptional oh, right. in those yeah, movies. Yeah. He did. He did a. He did some other stuff too. He was a priest in one of the movies, right? Yeah, and he, and I think he played. I forget. I'm, I'm going back now. I think he played homosexual in one of his roles too. With uh, Ro- I forget. I one, think you're right. Yeah, with Robin That's Williams. Right. He was did a Catholic priest in one of the Kevin Smith movies, and yeah. then. I think you're right. He yeah. was a, he was a, he was an early gay character in something. Too. Right, right, and talked about stuff. By the way, as a footnote, his father worked uh, for this very company, WATN, in the '40s as a salesperson. He saw an ad in the paper. He moved up from in the New York area, I believe. Uh, I, I I don't know if he left his family, whichever. But he had a troubled life. But he mentions it. Uh, George Carlin, that is, mentions it in his uh, autobiography. So there is Watertown oh, and wow. George Carlin. Uh, yeah, uh, not to mention Jerry Seinfeld played up here at a local club back in the '70s. Uh, and we used to have the Comedy Club. Now, here's the thing. The Comedy Club is back open again in Sackett's Harbor, here in Sackett's Harbor, New York. Did you ever perform there, Kostaki? I don't think I ever did that one, no. Yeah, the, it closed up about eight, nine years ago. Mike Kinney ran it. 
Uh, now it's open up again, but unlimited engage- engagements. But neither here nor there. Hopefully, uh, you know, maybe that might be something in the future. But that said, you're going to be at uh, the Bad Apple uh, Saloon on Arsenal Street for two shows uh, this Friday night. Now, let me ask you. You said you talk about your family. You talk about your children. Just, just you know, give us an idea what, what might be something you would talk about with relation to your, to your life, your family. <laughs> Well, actually, I yeah, I'm in the. I've discussed this at a little bit on the Bob and Tom show. I'm in the middle of a trans big, big life transition. My wife and I recently separated, so I'm covering some of that. I got about 20 minutes on that subject. Wow, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. By the way, for the record, I mean, I, I know it's good that you could I talk about that. it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, you know, big picture, it it there's some sadness for sure, but also, you know. Short range and mid range and long range is going to be good for all of us, and my life's already improved pretty dramatically. So I, you well, know, it's, you. it is what it is, and yeah. it's not what you root for. And right. here we are, you know. So I'm talking about some of that, you know. Till death do us part. Is that that's a pretty high bar? Why do we have to wait till that? What if I'm just dead on the inside? Isn't that enough? <laughs> right. Good, very good point, and it's a, it's true. <laughs> what what if I wish I were dead? Surely that's enough. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so I am trying, and I'm in the midst of building a chunk of stuff that hopefully has some humanity in it and reveals a little bit about us all. And it's funny, you know, without being too bitchy. You know what I mean? I'm not, right. I'm not trying to be too bitter about it. It is what it is, and mm-hmm. here we are. So well, that's the dance that I'm in the middle of uh, figuring out how to dance. Well, there's a lot of people that obviously can relate to that. I mean, if, if you stood up there yeah. and, you, you, you know, you, you lost uh, your, two of your ribs, not many people could relate to that. But if you go up there and talk about how you're getting a divorce, there's like half the room knows exactly what you're going through. Again, yeah, right. We and all, even the ones who didn't actually technically get a divorce right. have had a tough breakup somewhere. So, right, right. Yeah, we've all. If you, if you talk to grown-ups, we've all had something that's uh, you know. So trying to be, uh, trying to talk about a communal experience. Is that is that like uh, you know getting lemons and making lemonade out of it in a sense? Yeah, I mean it's weird. I, it's been one of the silver linings of it that I have a new subject uh, to talk about on stage. It's funny. Years ago, do you remember Kevin Meany? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, rolling, rolling, rolling. Mm-hmm. We're. <laughs> Kevin Meany was one of the great comics for years and years, and I had lunch with him. I'd never met him before. I just called him one time and asked him to have lunch because I knew he lived in the neighborhood, hmm. and he was just one of my heroes. And so we went and had lunch, and we, we sort of bonded because he had just recently come out of the closet, and so he had all this new subject that he was talking about on stage and was loving writing all the new jokes about being gay, openly gay and, mm-hmm. not, and being closeted before and the transition and all that stuff. And I had just had kids, so what, we, we both had like this new toy to play with on stage and <laughs> we were sort of commiserating sure so i feel like i was you know it's not plan a but i'm sort of given a gift of here's a big subject for you to cover on, right. you know, on stage buddy right right and, and i'm assuming here we are. since you started so long ago there was a time when you talked about getting married and there was a time when you ta- talked about having children so there's, there's always right. life experiences that you could bring up to the stage so if somehow or other, God forbid, you know, you get into a car accident or, you, you know, you break your arm, you, you could talk about that, too, because that's what comedy is supposed to be, life experiences yeah. it, it, with some I levity. I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I think that's exactly what it is, you know, at its best. I mean, and again, there's so many different ways to do it. You could be a Stephen Wright and just write crazy genius one-liners right. and not reveal anything about your personal life at all, and that's fine, too. But sure. I, you know, 
for me and my personal taste, I'm trying to have a little more stickiness and a little more humanity in what I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. that's the direction I've gone in the last several years anyway. So well, well, first of all, certainly helping me to get closer to all that it, stuff. Yeah, no, no. And, and God bless you. Uh, good luck with everything with your transition, you know, being on the road and whatnot. But it seems like it, it's working out and it's, it's the best move. Uh, and uh, that, yeah, that, that's what's yeah. important. That's what's important. I'm sure you try to work it out. All those other things. Actually, you probably didn't. No, just kidding. That's awesome. Okay, so this Friday, Bad Apple Saloon, right here. You've never been there before in Kostaki. How tall are you, by the way, for the record? How tall are you? <laughs> Is it going to be tight? Do I have to crouch? Uh, how tall are you? <laughs> Six one. Oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, you might have to crouch just a little. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. I showed you the picture, and I looked at it. I'm like, geez, it's, it's like an optical illusion. Can a, can a six-foot-one man stand on that stage? Hopefully that will be the case. Uh, we'll have to see. That might be funny in itself. But, yes, it is a tight stage. Uh, and Shannon, of course, is a great restaurateur, great business person. Uh, and she and when, once we talked about it a few well, month, two months ago, I believe, when all this came about, she was very excited about it, just like she is now. Um, ticket sales were doing well all along. Hopefully, we can fill up both shows. It's a very intimate uh, setting. Uh, I don't know how much bigger or smaller it is than your next gig up in Messina or anywhere for that matter, but it should be close and up front uh, uh, this Friday night. It is air conditioned, by the way, for the record, so you're not going to have a problem there. Oh, good. So yeah, yeah good. so two. Yeah, we had to add a show. This is great. We're, it's going to be great fun. I can't wait. I can't wait either. And Kostaki, thank you very much for, for first of all, uh, coming up here after eight years. Uh, it's it's good working with you as we get to the to the date itself. It's this Monday. Uh, check that Friday. That's the 15th of July, 730, the first show. The next show, somewhere what, about 930, 10 o'clock? What, what are we saying for the second show? Yeah, it's a nine thirty ticket. It might be a nine. It might be a nine forty start or something. We got to turn the room over, but we'll be we'll get pretty close to nine thirty, I think. That's good. And uh, I'm, are you going straight up to Messina after that? Like that? That I mean, what does a comedian do? You got a chauffeur? You just leave? Is it like Elvis just left the building? You jump on the highway? We don't see you again? Or what do you do? I have, I have actually haven't figured out the the sleeping situation yet. We'll probably just get a room that's right there nearby. And, have a few drinks after and hang out. That's 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 the default choice. That's what we prefer. That's awesome. And uh, Messina is about ninety minutes from here, just for the record. So that's where you right. go. Okay, Kostaki, uh, this Friday night, the Bad Apple Saloon. Go to uh, Kostaki on Facebook. Go to the Bad Apple Saloon on Facebook as well. It's got a direct link to where you could buy tickets at a discount for $15, $20 at the door. Do the smart thing. Buy for cheaper because you need it for gas to get there, plus your first drink. Kostaki uh, at uh, the Bad Apple Saloon this Friday night for two shows. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you. I'll see you soon. Excellent. Have a good week. We'll see you Friday. All right, thanks, buddy. Thanks, Kasaki. Kasaki here on the Live at Five show. Got to do a break. We're gonna. Um, I kind of talked a little bit, as you noticed, and now we got to go into a break. We'll do this right now. We'll be back. Roof looking older than you are. Finding more. Who call you back? Welcome back. Where are we at? Oh, uh, 18 minutes before the hour. Can you believe that? Talk to Kasaki for at least 23 minutes or so. Something like that. Uh, it's always good. You know, typically you talk to a comedian, and he did do a little bit of his act there, which is great, but I, I don't like that. You've got to be part of the environment. You've got to be there. You know, like Gary Mule Deer with, you know, with a typewriter up to his head. That's what you've got to do. Let him be. Don't, you know, don't peek before you perform. Because if you do that, it's a big mess. And geez, you just don't want that if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, all right. All right, so anyway, let's go to the phone and see who's there. Uh, hi, you're in the air. 
Hey, Glenn. Jason, were you calling you up? Are you were you calling up like forever during the last? <laughs> that was you, right? No. Yes, it no, was. No, 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 no. no. Um, but today I want to talk about. Uh, we can't talk too long, Jason. About. Jason, you have a tendency to be uh, long in the. What's this? What's the expression again? No, I'm not going to be long. Yeah. But I just want to make a short demonstration here. Seacouse McCliff wants to fix the Flynn pool for three million dollars. The price tag of that pool is three to four million dollars. Right. Simple questions to you, sir. The city can't you maintain one pool. How are they going to maintain three pools? And the cost of three pools is about $1.5 million. So is it a waste of money or is it a good investment? Uh, I, I, so I, I, you know, again, it, it all, it's all a matter of who you talk to. Uh, someone might say it's a good investment who lives on the north side, uh, especially on a day like uh, this. All you know, It's not 90 degrees here, but it's going to be hot. Um, so, again, it all depends on who you talk to, Jason. So, all right, so that said... Uh, we talked the other day about the about the the, the flagpole. Is the flagpole built, yes. Jason? Is it up mm-hmm. yet? Pardon the expression. Um, I haven't gone down there. Look, they poured the foundation, and I'm working with some people that will put a request up, put a flag up, and if the city re- uh, rejects it because there's going to be litigation lawsuits, you can't choose one group over another group. All right. So I agree. Um, I'm going to ask for a records request of how much it costs to put that flagpole of taxpayer money. Mm, uh, all right. So, now, let, let, Jason, uh, it sounds like you are not a fan of uh, Councilman Cliff Only. Is that correct? Am I reading that right? Or uh, am I all over uh, the correct. Correct. Because a little C Councilman Cliff uh, barred me from riding a bus or not letting a bus go, let me refuse him to re- to refuse a mask policy, not law. And also, he's a tyrant. So any person that thinks they have another human right over another person to uh, apply for services or to use the services he has, when myself, I have a legal document, a doctor's note, saying I cannot wear a mask. So, and he refuses. Really? So, and also this is big news. Wait, wait. You're telling me. You're telling me right now that a sitting city councilman, a sitting mm-hmm. city councilman, mm-hmm. has restricted a a law-abiding citizen, uh, loosely, uh, right here in Watertown, New York, from from getting on the on the bus because you don't wear a mask. Is that tr- is that correct, Jason? Yes, that's correct, hundred percent. And I can back that up up of the video I took of the incident that I showed you yeah. uh, a couple Saturdays ago. But the issue is... Wait, wait. No, no, no. The issue is, does, 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 does Cliff have that authority, is the issue? No, he doesn't. Was he the bus police now? No, um, no, no city councilman has a authority to refuse a person to access the services in the city. Hmm. As long as they're not violent, they'll threaten no one, or they put their, they don't put their hands on anyone. Right, so right. see Councilman Cliff, because right. he has a title now. Right. He thinks he has a, a uh, higher power. Right. Just like the officers in this city. Yeah. But my what? What? Whoa, that, I'm not going to agree to that. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Well, well, what I'm talking about, Cliff, is it happened a year ago. I would try to go up to see Councilman and at the time, Cliff wasn't there, or Patrick. But all the city council members uh, bared me, barred me from going up there and speaking. I have that on video, too. Hmm. Okay. So all the experiences I talked to, uh, Glenn, about 
Uh, I experienced those. I have real-world experience dealing with public housing that City Councilman Cliff won't deal with or won't fix or lease up. Hmm. I brought that up to the City Council meetings, and they won't do a damn thing to hmm. fix public housing, the cockroaches, the bedbugs in public housing. Right. So if they, they won't investigate that yeah. and take care of that, right. how are they going to maintain yeah. three right. pools? I know, I know. If you can't take care of your son, oh, whatever, I'm thinking of a 60s song. I'm, I'm all over the place. <laughs> Uh, Jason, it's always good talking to you, my me, friend. Yeah. It's uh, um, another another thing. Real is quick. Cliff wants to escape park. Uh, yeah. He talked to the yeah, skaters, yeah. and he wants to uh, try to build a skate park. My yeah. issue is, uh, Glenn, again, Yeah. Uh, Cliff doesn't drive a car. Right. So he doesn't understand the conditions of the road. Yeah. He doesn't have real-world experience. He has a big, fat mouth. <laughs> he likes to talk about a lot of stuff. But I have a wife. Yeah. She's a civil engineer. So I, I will get information from her. Ah, good. Because she will know what she's doing. But Cliff yeah. is a numbskull. There you go. All right. You could you could, you could could uh, take Cliff to the edge of the cliff, and that doesn't mean he's going to drink water. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> Listen, very good, uh, he's Jason. A horse. Thank you. He's yeah, a exactly. Horse. He's a horse. There you go. I heard he. Oh, never mind. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. That's my uh, Lawrence Welk. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Was it Lawrence Welk or, or is it the other guy that did their New Year's thing? I'm getting all my old timers mixed up. No, it was Lawrence Welk. Someone else is on the phone. Hi, you're in the air. Hello? What's happening? Hi. Is this Glenn? Yes, it is. Glenn, I, this is Doug. Hey, Who's Doug, Doug from Connecticut. What's going on, Doug? That's D me. That's you. I wanted to let you know I have a letter to the editor in today's New York Post. Wow. Okay, what does it say? About Governor Hochul saying that she should exercise her power to fire the uh, prosecutor down in Manhattan, Alvin Bragg. Right, Bragg. For, uh, for, for, making, um, for making, basically normalizing crime. Right. Well, let's let's just para, let, let's just set up what happened. Uh, what like last week there was a bodega that was you know, some culprit right. that was in and out of the penal system, arguing over three dollars. He was there with his girlfriend. There's an there's an additional story to that. Uh, he went behind the counter where somehow or other it wasn't barricaded like they normally are. I don't know how he did that. Uh, the guy, the owner or worker there, was in his sixties. I believe he's Arab from the looks of his you know yeah, his sixty one sixty one years old, minding his own business. He tried to plead with the guy. The guy just kept it up because they're emboldened, as we know. Uh, I don't know if you put that in your letter to the editor. But nonetheless, I heard in addition to that, after stabbing the, the culprit that was coming after him because, you know, he felt threatened, I also heard right. that the clerk was stabbed by the guy's girlfriend. Is that true, Doug? Right. That, that's what I heard, too. Wow. I, you did such a great job of setting that up. Thank you. Well, there you go. Well, I try to do that. You know, uh, There's other no, things I'm really said awful that, at. Uh, Governor Hochul, like finding my keys. The authority that she has under uh, New York's law. But, but uh, Doug, here's the thing. Doug, first of all, Doug's not even in New York State. He lives in Connecticut for crying out loud, which is great. I love that. Uh, but that said, Doug, Hochul is up over Lee Zeldin by over 20 points. What does that right. say about New York State and the state of our country? Go. Well, it doesn't say. It says that New York is a blue state. <laughs> yeah, right. And Just like says, Connecticut. It says, but, but. Um, you know, you, we've talked about this a little bit offline. Zeldin, 
Uh, I read the Post, so Zeldin could have a chance. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I thought you were a Democrat. How could a Democrat? I am a moderate Democrat. Yeah. Yeah. I am among those You Democrats are not a moderate Democrat. Democrat. You're, 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 like, you're, you're a white version of Leon 2.0 from Fox News. Let me be clear. I want to make myself. He says that more times than, than any. I, I, if you did the drink. Do this. Do me a favor. No, I, want no, no. Tell you, I want to tell you one other thing, yeah. though. Do the I, drinking I game with Leon 2.0. I want to tell you, I was also on the radio in Indianapolis. Well, you really? I lived in Indianapolis for many years. Baby, if I, you're ever... Oh, that was spoke, Cincinnati. When Sorry. I was spokesman for the Indiana Democratic Party, I was on the radio on WIBC AM. So who was, who was running at the time? Joe, Joe Biden? With Mike, 19, with Mike Pence. Wow. Mike what, Pence what year? At the afternoon talk radio show at WIBC AM in Indianapolis. And you mentioned that you Between, did... Between the time that he was uh, in Congress and the time that he was governor, isn't that something? Oh, I did, wait a minute. Mike Pence was governor of Ohio or Indiana? Uh, no, Indiana. Governor of Indiana. I did yeah. not know that. I swear to God, I didn't. Know, I thought. Wait a minute. I did know that. I didn't know he was a congressman. I guess. Oh, whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but that's good. All right. So did Mike so Pence? Today, so today is the day that everybody was on the radio in Indianapolis, lands and Watertown. That's right. Well, this is true. Kostaki, of course, as you know, Bob and Tom is based out of Indianapolis. A very good right. show. Been on the air for many, many decades now. And uh, what a story Kostaki shared with us today with how we got I listened, started. I listened, I listened to almost all of it. Yeah. What do you mean almost all of it? You didn't hear the whole damn thing without were you in the John or something? Can't uh, no, bring your I, phone in there? I was with, cust- I was with customers. I no, I'm just work. kidding. Oh, I did not. Doug, I didn't know that. I'm just kidding you. <laughs> well, Doug, it's always. I was driving for, I was driving for Uber. And I was oh, oh, good for you. What are you, like uh, Denzel Washington's character in The Equalizer? <laughs> Now, now, now you're going to do the Green Book joke again. Ah, I know. I threw that out there. <coughs> what are you, with the Green Book? Oh, that's, uh, geez, that's, that's racial divide. I love divide. the story about uh, his daughter getting her, getting her, le- her, uh, her name misspelled in exactly uh, the same way. That's, that's am- you know what I was going to say? It's, it's almost like, uh, and I, again, this is a movie, that, but it was almost like when Forrest Gump's son went on the bus, you know, in, in uh, Forrest Gump at the very end. It's like they were reliving it, but the kids were nicer to his son than they were to him when he went on the bus. Right. Uh, but again, right, but you know, they still misspelled the Kasaki name. Yeah, and his daughter school. Yeah, no, I know that's a, that's a fascinating story. What I mean, everyone's got a story, and when you can leverage it, like on a nationalized story, like Bob and Tom and how we began there, why he doesn't go politically left and or right like most comedians do, that makes for like, geez, I want to see that guy. And the other thing I did not tell, tell Kasaki was that. Um, People are just eager to get out of the house. I think comedy should have a rebound because it's indoors. It, you don't have to wear a mask. You can laugh at things. So it's a crying shame that so much politics goes on in comedy because they're, they're losing opportunity to make money and make themselves I, I'd love better. to go, but um, I guess I can't get up on the stage. I'm 6'3". No, you're not going to. Oh, I didn't know you were that tall. No, it's, I, I, it'd be interesting to see. I don't how, know if I can even sit in the audience, stand I, up in the audience. It, it's going to be like, you know, Kostaki in the land of the giants when he goes into that stage. It should be funny. But he'll, he'll make the best of it, that's for sure. Well, good, Doug, I got to go. I got to do another break. But, uh, I know uh, you do. So, listen, uh, okay. I'll, I'll talk. talking to you. Yes, Bye. you too. I got to go. But thank you very much. Doug from Connecticut. Uh, let's do this. We'll be back. For too long, liberal. At uh, welcome back. About three minutes left. If you want to chime in to be the last call of the day. Sorry, wrong knob. It's like Monday. It's like I forget exactly how to do this. It was just three days ago. I was sitting right here. Uh, so about two and a half minutes left. And someone is actually taking me up on this offer because they're calling in right now. Hi, you're in the air. Hi. Oh, it's, uh, of course, Samantha. Samantha, did you, were your ears ringing earlier? Because we were talking well, about you. I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Is your blood pressure up? Uh, no. Why? Why should it be? 
Mine is. Mine oh. is all the time. Oh. Well, and um, yeah. I don't even smoke. Oh. Well, it could be other things. Smoking yeah. isn't the only reason why you have high blood pressure. Yeah. So, Samantha, long time. You don't call up the Live at Five show to enlighten us. Uh, I know. <laughs> there must be a reason why you're calling in today. What do you want me to call it up for? <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 well, today it happens to be uh, you have heart problems. Um, yeah. And, and then earlier today, you, you were on, I believe you were on the Hotline show today or the other day. I'm losing track of time, Samantha. But uh, I know you're, are you a resident still of uh, Redwood and or Alex Bay area? Yes, yes. Are you going to ever come out here and... Lovely Alexandria Bay and. By the way, we got a we got a cruise party uh, sponsored through the show on uh, uh, August tenth. Right on that. Yeah, August tenth. August tenth. That's Craig's mother's birthday. No, no, check that. It's not August tenth. It's not Craig's mom, oh. mama's birthday. It's uh. No, it's his mother's birthday. Right. What? I can't read anymore. Oh my God, my eyesight is so shut. August no, it's, 10th? No, it's, uh, yeah, August, August, uh, August 10th. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. Oh, yeah. I want to go. Yeah, well, I mean, there is a fee. There's a fee. Chicking. Okay. $15. $15. You got to pay online. Or, yeah. Or, no, no, no. Wait, wait. I'm thinking of Kostaki. No, it's $28. I apologize. Live band, three hour tour. Gilligan and uh, Mr. Howell will be there. Ginger, no, it's a three-hour <laughs> boat ride on the uh, Uncle Sam boat tour, and it's yes, it's August tenth. It's a Wednesday. I'm getting my my Gilligan. I gotta and go what though. Time yeah. What time are you leaving? Uh, around six thirty or seven seven o'clock. I gotta go. Uh, uh, but talk to us soon. Uh, that it was rather Samantha. AM twelve forty WE ten one. It makes us legal. Up next, CBS News. We'll see you tomorrow on Tuesday. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Facet Wealth. I'm Monica Ricks in New York. Firefighters are now making progress on a massive wildfire at Yosemite National Park that spread to more than 2,300 acres. Fire spokesman Mark Peebles says flames are threatening the park's iconic sequoias and forcing people from their homes. There is a direct threat to the